the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the Word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and this is the Word to Stand On for Life. Not just any Word to Stand On for Life. This is the date day edition of the Word to Stand On for Life with Paula live in studio. And we're here to take your phone calls and answer your questions, Bible questions, life questions, anything that's on your heart. All you have to do is pick up the phone and dial 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR, numerically at 630-5757. Thank the Lord today. You can email questions by emailing questions at calvarysa.com or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San, or Calvary, uh, Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. If you're driving in your car, remember the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the Call Now banner at the top of the screen. You'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Paula, thanks for being here. You're welcome. Thank thanks you. for hanging out with me today. I love it. I absolutely love it. It's been good. We had a good day. We have so far. It's going to be well, better. Oh, you look at me like, don't you ruin it, Ron. Don't mess it up, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> You're talking to yourself. Don't mess it up, Ron. I'm, I'm with you. Amen. Well, to get started, and by the way, thank you, everybody, for praying. All of our kids are back, the little ones yesterday, the older kids uh, just this afternoon. Everybody's back from camp. It went great. Uh, the Spirit of God was really moving. Uh, it's just really, really nice. I can't wait to hear some prayers reports. Yeah, in our pastor's discipleship class, I'll give uh, Matthew and Chris a little bit of time to sort oh, yeah, of give us a, a refresh okay. on what the Lord was doing. That's coming up on Saturday, uh-huh, so uh-huh. Uh, we will do that. I like that. Yeah, that's fun. Good. Okay, before you get started, because I know once you get started, it's hard to stop you. Okay. So I have a question <laughs> yesterday from Gina. Don't mess it up, babe. And I started to um, tell Gina... Uh, or, or deal with Gina's question. I thought, oh, no, this is one for Paula. Uh-huh. So um, I'm going to read the question, Paula, and then you can get started uh, with it. Gina asks, my husband feels called to be a pastor. I absolutely don't feel called to be a pastor's wife. How do we reconcile this? Well, um, okay, so that I'm just now hearing this question. I heard you say that on the radio yesterday, but you think you come home and you'd say, here's the question, babe, so you can be thinking about it, so you can be prepared. Oh, no, I like your just oh, off-the-cuff response. Oh, no, I know. And then when I walk in here, because I forgot about it, because that was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long time ago. And then you say, oh, yeah, we got this question that you just put up right before, like at 401. Um, and so here we are. Gina. Not a whole lot of us feel like we're we're called, don't feel called to be a pastor's wife. I tell you what, when I got pregnant with our first child, you know, you're growing and, and, and you're going to be a mom. 
<laughs> it, it's inevitable. You're going to be a mom. So when it's time, I you know had had Ronnie, and then it's time to go home. This is me. Uh, excuse me. This is not right. I don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea. You can't entrust a human to me. Yeah, this isn't fair. This child is innocent, and he's going to come home with me. One of you nurses need to go with me. Just plain and simple, and they just kind of laugh. Ha, 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 No, I'm serious. Come with me. So I understand that. If you have children, unless you were better than a whole lot of other people, you had to just learn, like, riding a bike. It just, you just... It just comes. But I get you. I had no idea how to be a pastor's wife. In fact, when Ron told me, you know, I'm so lame. Seriously, he's in Bible college, Gina. And, you know, I'm, I'm down in the valley, you know, cleaning houses and dum 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 Not even thinking he's going to graduate and be a pastor. <laughs> what? That's what? what finally <laughs> it finally hit me about. Let me see. So he he went to Bible college. When did you start? It was like January or something, a year before, right? Yeah. And then you weren't supposed to graduate until May. Yeah. Jan- January of 94. Uh-huh. And you weren't supposed to graduate until May of 95. It was January or February of 95 when they said, oh, we're going to move the graduation up to March. That's when it hit me. He's been in Bible, Bible college almost a year. Um, and, and it never dawned on me that, okay, he's going to be a pastor. All right. That's great. What? I'm going to be a pastor's wife. Do they have <laughs> classes for this or something? Come on. Yeah. I didn't get to go to Bible college. I didn't get to go to Bible college. You know, I don't know enough. And I still don't know enough, Gina. But what I do know is I'm Ron's wife. And that's what he told me. He said, just be my wife. You don't have to be the lead of the women's ministry, the children's ministry, none of that. Just be my wife. And he, you know what he said? He said, you would be my wife no matter what um, career I had. You know, I was the wife of Ron the car dealer, Ron the jerk. And then I, was, I would be his wife if he was a lawyer. I'd still be his wife. If he was a trash guy, I'd still be his wife. Just be his wife. And uh, being the pastor's wife... Depends on what church you went to. When I was doing my walk yesterday, there's two girls that I've met on the on my walk, and now that they know what I do, from about almost a half a block away, this is what they said: "Hey, first lady." Oh, <laughs> you didn't tell me that. Yeah, um, and so when I got closer to them, I said, "My name is Paula," and they know me. You know, I know their names, and they know me. And I said. I am not first lady, and at my church, I don't allow people to call me that. And one of them was just like, I mean, I wasn't mean. I just was, you know, she says, oh, I'm so sorry, because I went to this other church, and that lady told me, oh, no, honey, in church, this is how we do it. You call me first lady. I was like, I'm so sorry. Anyway, you don't have to be anybody but who the Lord has called you to be, and that's your husband's wife. Plain and simple. And then, you know, once you're in there and you start getting a little more comfortable. Okay, here's another thing. I'm just getting some. Well, finish that thought first because that's important. That is important. You just be your husband's wife. And just like with kids, you learn to love them. You know, you kind of love them anyway because they're people. And if you have the Holy Spirit living in you, I'm sure you do since you're (laughs) married to a guy wanting to be a pastor. Um, the Romans 5, 5, love of God has already shed abroad in your heart. And you're going to see, like we did, the lost, the hurting, the hungry, the broken, the needy, the confused, the fearful, the angry. And because you have the love of God in your heart, you can't just not do something. You're, he's going he's gonna to kind of push you to say, you can tell him that you're scared too. You can tell him, like me, I don't know much, um, but I got a cell phone. And if I don't know the answer, we just call Pastor Ron. <laughs> That's exactly what I've done for years. And so it's, there's a, my, one of my, well, it's kind of an old favorite songs now, There's No Pressure. There's No Pressure. I used to think, oh, what do I, you know, well, I got to do this, I got to do this. I got to, I have to look apart, you know, look the part, be the part. And 
my husband, the pastor here, said, just be you. Just be you. That's going to be okay. You remember the first time I told you, just be you, and and you were going through a, a difficult time because you were scared with all the changes. Yes. And you said, I don't know who that is. Yeah, yeah. And I said, well, I know who that is. Mm-hmm. Just be you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really important. God called us. He didn't just call me. He called you. He called us. And uh, as we have said many times on this program, uh, we would we are the ones who would have missed out and been ripped off mm-hmm. had we not uh, answered the call. Yeah, I love how you put your question, Gina, because you said your husband definitely feels like he's called to be a pastor. You did not say in your question you don't you don't feel like he's not called. It's just your fear. So that's that's very encouraging right then and there because what that says is you feel like your husband's got that gift and scared as you might be, um, encourage him. Encourage him in that. Continue to pray. Just like I had to pray when, when Ron told me, the Lord says we're going to go to San Antonio. I was like, huh. <laughs> no, because I'm comfortable here in California where my friends and family are. If you go crazy on me, man, <laughs> I got a backup plan. But no, um, be his greatest cheerleader. Encourage him. And you just be there by his side. What we tell the pastor's wives here is they don't have to be anybody, do anything except when your husband's at church, you should try to be there, especially if he's the one teaching you should be there. And I wouldn't miss it. I love this life. As scared as I was, I, I really actually love this life. I love the people. And you'll be fine. Paula, what's the best thing? You know, I, you, you hear the program nearly every day. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I get asked, what's the best thing about being a pastor? What's the best thing about being a pastor's wife? Well, being married to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and don't mess it up. <laughs> We're 53 Years, five months. Yeah, we're doing pretty good, right? Lady in the restaurant today, 53 years. Uh uh Yeah, 51 married next month. Yeah, no, being married to you, it's an adventure. It's been a journey from from the beginning. Gina started sweating now. Yeah, Yeah. it's been a journey. And, you know, the the best part, again, is being married to you because I've been able to watch – you grow in the Lord, and you know I call you Mr. Foundational, and you believe this this Bible, and I just it you're an answer to, to many prayers, you know it's a, it's a wonder you live because you know that that first couple of years I wanted you to be not here, <laughs> kill with the Mack truck and bring me the Christian man you have for me all along, but the fact that the Lord has um, he didn't answer that prayer and kill you physically, but changed you so much that um, now, I, you know, I've been watching your life for a lot of years, and, I mean, you're not perfect, and I'm, I'm not trying to set you up on a pedestal because you don't belong there, um, but that you love Jesus, you love his word, and you put it into practice. You told me one time, Paula, if I don't live by faith, how am I going to teach faith? And so watching you live by faith and encouraging me to live by faith because, you know, you're crazy. <laughs> if God said it, you're going to, like, that's why we're here in San Antonio. Actually, Universal City, but same thing. Um, and there's been other, like, free school, free, you know, like, okay, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> but God has really shown off for you. The other thing is, I do love people, um, you know. I'm not a loner, and when we left California, I remember telling the Lord, that's one of the one of the reasons why I didn't want to come, is my kids are here. And I remember the Lord saying, here it is, wait, Isaiah 54. <laughs> <laughs> I knew this was popping up. Yeah, because this morning when I was... <laughs> you, you read it to me at breakfast. I know I did. Isaiah 54 says... Single barren woman, you who never bore a child, burst into song and shout for joy, you who are never in labor, because more and more and more. And, you know, me, every Sunday I'm writing down, 
sometimes up to 30-something names of people I've never met before. And some people come here having listened to the radio program, and they hear this crazy voice in mine. They're like, you Mama Paula. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I didn't know that I had you, baby. What's your name, you know? And so, yeah, the more of the children just seeing God work. It has is just the greatest thing. People come in messy. I mean messy. And to see them sit, listen, learn, practically apply what they're hearing and learning and seeing them light up. That's fun. Yeah. You know, Paul, I have a, a good friend. We have a good friend, Bill and Cindy Gim, uh pastor in uh, Amarillo, Texas. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bill, uh, I'm jealous of Bill because he has a Harley Davidson, and you won't let me get one. No, can't see. You can't see. <laughs> I, I, I've been married to you all this time. I'm I not think gonna put if you on I actually got a Harley Davidson, I'd be able to see. At least for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, Bill, one day, uh, a pastor, we were talking in a in a in a pastors' conference, mm-hmm. and one of the pastors said. Uh, you know, the best thing about a Harley-Davidson is the way it sounds. Mm-hmm. That sound, that throaty, guttural sound, the best thing about the Harley. And Bill got him to no. No. It's clear you've never ridden a Harley. Because mm. the best thing about a Harley-Davidson mm-hmm. is riding it. Yeah. And the same thing is true about being a pastor and pastor's wife. Uh, you never know what the adventure is. You never know what God is going to do. Mm-hmm. And in your case, uh, to see the gifts of the Spirit that God has given you and to see the way that your your impact in people's lives has grown over the years. Um, being right in the middle of God's perfect will is much better than talking about it, much better than watching it in somebody else's life. Mm-hmm. But But being there yourself... That's the best thing about yeah. being obedient to the Lord. It is, definitely. Um, you know where, how Jesus, I know you, you know this, where Jesus says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. John 4. Yep, I get those kind of, um, well, we all get those kind of uh, experiences, you know, because we get up every morning and we say, okay, Lord, what about me? What about today? And if you're looking, you know, you're going to find those. And so today... We got to talk with Liz and her adopted son, Xavier, or Javier. I think Xavier, right? Yeah, he said Xavier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, if you're listening, hi, it was a pleasure to meet you. Good talking with you. And been praying for you ever since we met you guys this morning. It was just really, really fun. So, yeah, I had, I had a really good time. You, you had told him that um, at one time you had made a lot of money and uh, lost it all. Because God had a different plan, even though you had mapped out your way, you know, because he's looking for where he's going to go in life. And uh, Yeah, I'm giving this 20-ish-year-old kid um, advice. And, and I was invited, so it wasn't, oh, yeah. it wasn't just one of those things where oh, I yeah. just don't know what to do. Liz but, is but, more like me. She's yeah. like, hey, <clears throat> what's your name? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> tell me your story. Yeah. How did you meet? All those things. Yeah. Liz told me, she said, well, he's trying to find his way in life. And I, I just had the opportunity. It was we were leaving. I said... Xavier, um, your mom told me that you're looking to find your your way forward in life. Mm -hmm. And if you'll listen to an old man, uh, I got some counsel for you. And he said, well, well, sure, what? And I said, follow Jesus. Yep. Just follow Jesus. And he looked at me like, Jesus? And he actually said, Jesus. Mm -hmm. And and I, I was able to share a little bit of our story. Um, um, it, it was interesting. I didn't even have to try to find the door be, because uh, she opened the door today. Uh-huh. Uh, you had a hole in your shirt. Just a tiny, tiny uh-huh. hole. And the waitress, who we know very mm-hmm. well there, yeah. she said, she said, oh, Mama, something's wrong with your boobs. And first I, she said, I was cute. Yeah, first she said She that. said, I was really cute. Yeah. And the lady but said, <laughs> she said, I said, oh, I'm cute. Thank you so much. But you have a hole in your shirt. No, she said boobs. <laughs> because that's when Liz, who was sitting at the table next to us, yeah. started laughing. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's I looked exactly at Liz, right. and I said, 
there's nothing wrong with your boobs. I know. Oh my goodness! Please, and, can we move and, on? And then she la- she laughed again. We got kids listening to this show. No, there's nothing wrong with what I'm saying. Uh, she laughed again, and and I said, "Look, we've been together for 53 years, so it's okay if I say that." And that opened the door <laughs> to a conversation. Yeah, I was there. How, oh my goodness! 53 years. You never hear of that anymore. Yeah, yeah. How did you do that? Yeah, and yeah. of course, we then can can share Jesus. Mm-hmm. So. You had to tell her story, right? Yeah. Just like that. Okay. Well, that's how it happened. <laughs> yeah. you have to I told truth. you earlier, don't Did you come to the Bible study line. last night? You can't lie. I told the truth. That's exactly <laughs> the way it went. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry, y'all. I am so sorry. This is how it is at my house, though. Oh, my gosh. So more of the children of <laughs> the desolate woman. I'm desolate right, desperate right now. Is the show over? Can we? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. <sighs> Good thing it's not TV, because I'm giving you some looks right now. <laughs> like, like yo, yo, be quiet. <sighs> okay. So, <laughs> Gina, <laughs> maybe you want to reconsider. <laughs> oh, don't have a radio program, girl. Just don't let them have a radio program. And worse would be TV, because, oh, my Okay. Huh. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, my question that I really, really liked yesterday. But before you go there, let me let okay. me close out, Gina. Go ahead. Okay, Gina. Um, <laughs> you're not your own. You're bought with a price. <laughs> now I can uh, tell the story there. If if your husband uh, is called to be a pastor, yeah. you're called to be a pastor's wife, mm-hmm. and you've got the Holy Spirit, and God will give you gifts. Yeah. And to avoid it would be uh, the biggest mistake that you will ever make. Yeah. It is a wonderful, wonderful life. Mm-hmm. And um, just um, follow the leading of the Lord. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You got five minutes to set the program say whatever you want. <laughs> I loved um, Ella's question. And it might go over to the second half, actually, because, you know, how how you can be. You can you can go on. She asked, "Is it appropriate appropriate to say we're singing love songs to Jesus?" Oh man, yeah. And I was thinking, if she's a, a worship person, um, yeah, there's so many songs. One one day at church, you want to sing it for us, Pastor Ron? No. You got one song that you sing. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. Yeah. I mean, to think about what Jesus has done for us. Um, he's forgiven me of all of my sins. He reached out to say, I choose you for this life. Um, when you came to my door, he said, this is the one for life. But I thank my God through Jesus Christ that he has given me strength, that he considered me faithful, calling me into his service. When I was going down the tubes before Jesus made himself very evident and known to me, how can I not love him? And so, I mean, there's just so many songs. Yeah, it's not only appropriate, but it's almost, you have no choice but to break out in song. Yeah, yeah. There's some times when it's like, you know, even on the bad days, we can we can say, Lord, you never leave me. You never forsake me. Um, you know, he will deliver me. My God will set me free from all my enemies. He will deliver me. My God and Savior, Savior, he will deliver me. And some of those, all my enemies is my fear, my insecurities, um, a, a horrible situation. Um, you know, yeah, we were, yeah. So how can I not say I love him? He's forgiven me. That's my biggest one. He already has forgiven me for what I'm going to do tomorrow that's not right. How can I not that's a pretty cool thought. say I love him? He's going to take me to heaven. Um, we sang a song the other day. You know me and you love me anyway. You know the depth of my heart and you love me anyway. Pastor Ling sang it by himself. How can I not say I love him? I love you, Lord. 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's not just I love you, but I'm in love with you. You know, that's I get criticized at times for saying, um, Lord, we want to fall more in love with you than ever before. Um, men especially, well, you know, that's not very manly. It's the most manly thing that we can do. Yeah. And falling in love with Jesus every day, all over again. I mean, we go to bed at night, we wake up, and mm-hmm. and it's another opportunity to, to, to explore the depths of his riches and his glory and grace. And how do you not fall more in love with him? The only way you can't fall more in love with him is if you're not spending time with him. Mm-hmm. And and when you're spending time with the Lord, that's just a natural outflow. And when that comes out in song, uh, and everybody knows I'm not a big music person, but when that comes out in song, uh, it truly is a love offering mm-hmm. that you're giving to the Lord. And yeah. I don't mean that in a, in a Christianese sense, but it literally is the love of God shed abroad in our hearts, pouring from us. He poured it into us at some point. Because it's infinite, it has to pour from us. And that's what loving Him really is all about. Amazing. You say that He loved you, and He didn't change His mind. Yep. Gina, say yes. Hey, we've got 30 minutes left in the Date Day Edition program. We'd love your calls, 340-9585 or toll-free, 877-630-KSLR. We'll be back in two minutes. to the word to stand on for life we're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR now here's pastor ron arbaugh welcome back to the program i just found out something terrible about my producer so i, I didn't know that his character was the way it was but we'll <laughs> fix it Hey, welcome back to the program, 340-9585 or toll-free, 877-630-KSLR. Let's go to Lucy from Universal City on line one. Lucy, thanks for calling. Hi, Pastor Ron. Hi, Paula. Hi, my twin sister. I love you so very, very much. Oh, I love you you and Pastor Ron both so much. Uh, we've had a long friendship, haven't we? Mm-hmm. Um, I Would you love me just, more? <laughs> uh, I I don't know how to judge that, so I I just love. <laughs> just say yes, um, you do. <laughs> okay, Paula, I love you more. <laughs> Thank you. I knew it. <laughs> that was um, an unsolicited testimony. Yeah, she's my twin. <laughs> Come on, how you're not gonna love me more? Okay, go yes, ahead, ask yes, your question. you're absolutely right. Um, uh, as you were talking just now about the, the hot mess that people are when they first come uh, to a place where they are going to let Jesus do work in their lives, uh, I remember when we first got to Calvary Chapel, San Antonio, and that, yes, we became twins that day. Mm-hmm. We were reunited after um, not knowing that we were twins, but um, you, the Lord gave you a love for me, and it was exactly what I needed, and all I could do was cry at first. And you know that verse where it says, um, joy comes in the morning, mm-hmm. um, that tears will last for a time, but joy comes in the morning. Well, I have the privilege of saying how God has been faithful with that because, yes, the tears were for a time, but joy does come in the morning, and we have to cling to everything that He is doing in our life and not look at the circumstances that we are living in, but look to Him and His perfect plan. And I just praise God for all the love and the teaching that we receive at Calvary Chapel, San Antonio, hmm. and how awesome it is. So that's just my, my initial statement, but my question has to do with prayer. You know, there are people that will say, oh, I'm going to pray against 
this or that, um, or we come against some issue that we're having, and I it doesn't feel right to me. It I, I can't grasp where it says in the Bible that we pray against things. Of course, we would have an like a an opinion that we're in favor of one thing or of another, but uh, ultimately it's God's will that will prevail. So how do we handle telling people, well, don't pray against this issue that I'm having or whatever. Just, just pray that God's will be done and that we have the strength to continue uh, moving forward. Because that is where God wants us in that flexible point where uh, we are clinging to him for everything. And so that's the best I can describe my question. Lucy, the, 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 it's, it's, it's an important question because what, what we're really hearing from somebody when they say that is uh, it's not what I want. So I'm going to pray against it. And what that indicates is a very immature Christian, uh, a, a Christian who says, I want what I want and isn't mature enough in their faith to understand that what we really want is God's will in our lives. Um, my dad once told my mother they were having an argument uh, about uh, who they were going to vote for. My mom said, well, I'm going to vote for this. And my dad said, if you do that, I'm going to go right out down to the polling place and and cancel your vote by voting the other way. Well, Christians, when we try to cancel God's vote for our lives, we're the ones who lose. And um, uh, the, the, the reality is, is it just demonstrates our lack of maturity. There is no biblical warrant for praying against things um, and I think it's an opportunity when somebody says something like that, Lucy, it's an opportunity for us to say, you know what, what if that's what God wants? Uh, Paula, you remember, I had a, a young woman who uh, was um, ready to get married. And uh, her and her fiancé, um, both of them young, and and uh, both parents, both sets of parents, one, were actually one one the the husband of one the husband of the the girl and and the parents of the boy uh, came to me both angry. You should tell them that they can't do this. And I said, look, they're they're adults, they're responsible adults. They both love Jesus, and I'm convinced that God's the one that's put them together. Have you even considered whether or not this is God's will? And the response was, well, it's not my will. I think it's too early. Now, they've been married forever now, and they've got a bunch of kids, and they've been serving the Lord. So uh, what we've got to do is we've got to decide that what we want is what Jesus wants. Lucy, before Paula um, uh, adds on to this, uh, our Saturday morning pastor's discipleship class this week, I'm going to be talking about that kind of prayer. I'm going to be talking about the prayer in unbelief. Uh, at least that's one of the things I'm going to be talking about. So uh, you can spread the word uh, that way. And, and uh, we're, we're going to talk about those those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Paula, I, I know you're going to share something, but, but you also had a suggestion to, for Gina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First, let me address Lucy. Yeah, Lucy, I, you know, when people that I love um, have something or they're waiting for a test result or something like that, I'm I'm begging the Lord, please, Lord, Please let this not be your will, but if it is. Um, but to tell God, no, you cannot let this happen to one that I love, um, like Ron said, is very immature. But I understand uh, how people will think like that. Um, but, yeah, and I want you to be in all my people that I love so much that I know. You know, I want them to be okay, but... Yeah, it's okay, God. Just prepare us all for what you know is the best. Because his word says that he who began a good work in us will be faithful to complete it. And, you know, in the last few studies, it's been about suffering, you know, and still hanging on and loving on Jesus, trusting him or entrusting him with our lives. So that's my little two cents. Um, And, yeah, for Gina— um, I don't know where you live. We don't know where these calls are coming from, but if you are in the San Antonio area, 
this coming Saturday at Calvary Chapel San Antonio, uh, Ron is conducting the pastor's discipleship class. Now, that sounds like it's just for the guys who are called to be pastors, but um, I don't know how many years ago, the wives, um, we just thought, you know what, we spend enough time apart. Let's do this together. And it has really united um, husband and wives together, and we've all grown um, in our roles. So um, please, please come. It's at uh, 1030. Yeah. We have church prayer here, corporate church prayer, 930 to 1030. And then um, we'll have the class from 1030 to 1230. You guys are more than welcome. You don't have to be a part of Calvary Chapel. Don't know, you know, where you're wanting to um, become a pastor, but you're free to come here and ask questions. You would love the guys, and they can share with you as well. And if you're a little bit on the shy side and worried about, well, I'll feel awkward with all those strangers, just just look for Paula, and you'll only be a stranger for about four minutes. Yeah, I'll be looking for you. <laughs> no strangers. Okay, Paula, what's up? We got rest of this half hour. Okay, so um, a little earlier I said, this is a good routine that we have on, on Thursday. I mean, we didn't get up till like 7.30, right? Yeah. That was awesome. Sometimes, you know, because our bodies are so used to getting up at 6, it's like lay back down. <laughs> just just lay back down. If you got to run over there to that little room, come back and lay back down. We're not getting up until at least the light, the sun is up, you know. And so routine is good. So we slept in, you know. I, I went out for my walk while you showered, and then when I came back, um, I got myself ready. And we went to breakfast, and we got a massage, and I was like, this is a great routine. <laughs> and um, so I was thinking the word routine. <laughs> so here's another song. Every day I look to you to be the strength of my life. You're the hope that I hold on to to be the strength of my life. Here's another one. In the morning when I rise, in the morning when I rise, in the morning when I rise, give me Jesus. And so I was thinking about routine in Mark one thirty-five, and you can you can you pull that up on your screen, Pastor Ron, because I could turn it in the Bible, but I'm probably gonna make too much noise. <clears throat> Mark one thirty-five. This is Jesus. He has a pretty good routine. He says very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. I think Jesus checked in with his dad every day. You know, I don't think he called him dad. He probably called him, like, father the whole time. He's so formal, right? <laughs> Abba. Abba, yeah. But every every day, Jesus would go to his his dad. I mentioned that last night in our, our Bible study in Leviticus, mm-hmm. uh, Isaiah chapter 50. I think it's verse 4. Uh, he awakens me. He's giving me an instructed tongue. Mm-hmm. Um, he awakens me morning by morning. Mm-hmm. and uh, the, Like one the, being taught. Yeah, and the the importance of... Of checking in with God early, you know it's interesting, Paula. You, then I didn't know you were going to go to Mark one, but the very next verse is Simon and his companions went to look for him. When it would have been better if Simon and his companions were spending the morning praying mm-hmm. and in the Word, mm-hmm. and then Jesus, of course, because he had their best interest at heart, would have come back to them. But um, you know, when somebody is is committed to getting up and and um, and and having a relationship with God. Um, it's going to intimidate other people, but that's okay. You're ready. You talked a minute ago about being prepared for things that come along. And and it's it's in those mornings, it's in that quiet time with the Lord um, that, that you're prepared for the things that are going to come up that day or, or in the near future. Mm-hmm. And I always say that Jesus will prepare us for everything we encounter if we give him the opportunity to do so. Yep, I agree. And then Daniel 6.10 Every day, Daniel, you know, checked in because he was committed. 610. Ready? It says, Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, talking about being prepared, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. Daniel was committed. He was not going to let fear interrupt his worship to the Lord. 
Yeah, and, and just for some background, the decree was anybody who praised anybody uh, other than the ruler of the land uh, was going to be put to death. Yeah. Daniel says, I don't care. Yeah, I know who the real ruler is. Yeah. That ruler of the land, he can only rule this land because my God, who is God, is letting him live another day. And so Daniel was committed, and every day, three times a day, knowing like you said, knowing that they were looking for a reason to kill him. And so, yeah, routine. There's good routines in this world, even though, you know, we might get in a little bit of trouble. But I'd rather be in trouble with people, not God. And, and I think that to, to make the distinction between a routine and a rut uh, is is important. You know, we get in ruts, mm-hmm. and I'm probably the most guilty person on planet Earth. Um, um, but 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 a routine of seeking the Lord, a routine of a husband and wife um, being in the Word together, being in prayer together, uh, the routine of of uh, being part of a thriving part of a local church, serving the people of God. Those are the kind of routines that are 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 divinely inspired, and uh, those are the routines that keep us in that place where we're walking with Jesus and full of the joy of the Lord. Mm-hmm. The word is discipline because, you know, we know we should read the Bible. You know, that's what Christians do. That's what you, <laughs> that's, that's what you found out when you would ask questions when you first got saved. The people would say, the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says. Well, you know, we know as Christians that we should, and it shouldn't be a real chore except we know we have an enemy I think you said this either last night or Sunday. As soon as we want to go read our Bible, as soon as we want to pray, um, there's always these distractions that come along. Uh, oh, man, do, do I hear water running? Oh, my kids? Something is is always right there to kind of, oh, man, I, I hit the snooze button. I didn't mean to hit it 45 times, but I got to go now, <laughs> you know? Um, you know, but, it kills me, Paul, and you always hear me say this, but but we'll, we'll interrupt a conversation with, with the Lord because our cell phone rings. Scam uh-huh. likely. Oh, but I had to find out. Yeah. You know, yeah. those kind of things. I know. Or, or we hear the ding, ding of a text. And, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm guilty, too, because I try to, I don't have my phone in the bedroom, but when I'm sitting at my desk in my office at home, I have my phone turned down. I can still hear the zzz when the thing is in the kitchen. And it's like, what if it's Pastor Ron? What if it's an emergency? You know, it's just uh, so frustrating. But it's a discipline where I have to say, if it rings again, <laughs> then I know it's an emergency. If it's an emergency, they'll call again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, But it's a discipline um, because we do get up and we have – a routine. If we don't have getting in the Word and taking some time in the morning, like Jesus, get up very early. Like you say, if you stay up late, stop. Go to bed. Go to bed earlier so you can get up earlier and spend time with with the Lord. Because yeah, that's, that's just priority. Yeah. What's what's important to you? Yeah. Discipline. Yeah. Discipline ourselves because to go into this world every day, any day, without Jesus. Is just looking for a punch in the face, you know, from the enemy because we're not going to be ready. We're not going to be ready. And we're like those clowns that you always say. I used to have one of those. You punch him and he comes back. <laughs> that was my friend. Yeah. That's what, that's what the devil does. I mean, when we're not with the Lord, he just uses one of those uh, clown punching bags. And we just, with a stupid smile on our face, just come right back up to get hit again mm-hmm. over and over and over and we're not doing what we need to do to protect ourselves from the attacks and the lies of the enemy yeah you know when um the prayer the saturday morning prayer group because we've been doing this for a, quite a while now you can tell the people who've been in their word you can tell the people who know jesus a little more up close and personal because they're not as afraid to open their mouths and pray um, they are praying scripture a lot. Um, and so it's really a cool thing. When Sometimes when I'm, I'm reading, I get so encouraged. It's like, are you talking to me about this particular situation, Lord? You know, kind of a thing. 
And there's sometimes no offense, Pastor Ron, but I haven't told you. <laughs> because I've been like, I'm not sure if this was really him encouraging me, so I don't want to come out and encourage you to do something. But there's there have been some times when I've come out and I've read some scripture to you thinking, I think the Lord's talking to me right now, and I'm I'm your cheerleader, so I'm, I'm you know, I'm talking to you. But yeah, see, when I don't get up, because I I read a proverb and I read a psalm every day before I read anything else. I read the proverbs and then I I, I do this. I was like, okay, Lord, I know, especially in proverbs, it's just little snippet things here and there. What do you want to say to me from this today? And even if I don't hear anything right then and there, as I go through my day. Oh, shoot, he told me that one earlier, and I can use it through the day. Yeah, let me make something clear, just because we have a tendency to try to make our time in the Word easy. Paula did not mean that she reads a proverb every day and then a psalm every day, and that's it. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, but but that's what that's what we think. Well, well, that's my morning devotions, and we'll do that. But 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 there's there's time spent in the word, time studying it, time re- time reading it, uh, time uh, meditating to the to the point where, okay, Lord, what are you saying to me about this uh, this issue or this question? But but you know, reading a proverb and reading a psalm uh, really is Paula. What she sings before she gets out of bed. That's what she does. Mm-hmm. And then we spend a little time in the Word together. And then uh, we'll go out and we'll pray. Um, but but we, we, we also need to be in the Word um, on our own, uh, hearing from the Lord, mm-hmm. getting some direction. And He's preparing us for things that are coming along as well. Yeah. Paula, we are now, time's gone so fast, we're inside five minutes. So how do you want to wrap up your time? Um, well, in... Esther, I told you the other day, you're kind of like my Mordecai, you know. <laughs> well, in Esther, I remember reading, because um, I try to, I think I read Esther and Ruth, you know, all the girl, the girly books, um, just to get encouraged, where Esther was afraid, this is maybe for Gina as well, she was afraid, you know, and yet she loved God, she trusted Mordecai, and she said, for such a time, well, he said this to her, for such a time as this, have you been chosen? And she said, basically, yes, that's right. And I'm going to go to the king. If I die, I die. If I perish, (laughs) I perish, but I'm going. And she asked others to pray for her and fast with her. And Gina, you you put that out there that you don't feel uh, really called to be a pastor's wife. But it is a great calling, um, and you got lots of people praying for you even now. So for such a time as this, and man, I'm praying that y'all hurry up, and maybe at your church, the last person to get saved will get saved, <laughs> and then we're out of here. Yeah, and the one thing I can promise you don't want, and this is for all the genies out there, um, the, the the one thing you don't want is is uh, two years from now or five years from now or ten years from now uh, still struggling with these same issues mm-hmm. because you didn't say yes. Amos three three says, "How can two walk together unless they agree to do so?" And I can tell you, as a matter of fact, that uh, had Paula made my calling difficult, um, God would not have been able to entrust us with the wonderful people that He's entrusted to us. Um, he would not have been able to entrust us with a, a radio program like this that we've been doing now for more than 10 years. Um, um, he is so faithful, and he is so good. I'm almost saying that. You're so, so good. Yeah. Um, um, you, you just don't want to miss out on anything. You might be afraid. What do you always tell people? Yep, do it scared. Yep. Yeah. You might be afraid, but you'll be missing out, and I promise you, you will be way more afraid um, five years from now, if you're still hesitating. Yeah. Or so this is one of those things where you say, Jesus, my life is in your hands for such a time as this. Yeah. yeah. Well, Paula, we're just a little over two minutes. Yep. So say something brilliant. Okay. He's strong when you're weak. Sometimes when I, I'm coming up on the stage to teach, still to this day, it's like, Lord, I, I studied, you know, I studied, but they need to hear from you. <laughs> And so I'm entrusting you, and, and the Holy Spirit always takes over. Always takes over. So, Gina or anybody else, 
I hope that's encouraging for you. He's faithful when you're not. Ooh, praise hey, the Lord. Paula, give us an update. What's the status on the Monday Night Bible Studies? Okay, yes. No Monday Studies until September 11th, and we will be starting First Timothy. And I'm excited about it. And that's the men's and the women's and the youth and studies. Everybody, all, everybody mm-hmm, on Monday mm-hmm. nights. Yeah. Yeah. September 11th, we all come back. And uh, we will. First Timothy for the ladies. I don't know where Pastor Ken is. I don't know where. Where he is, I guess I should I know that? No. Okay, good. Because I don't know where the youth are either. Okay, and next Thursday, date day show? Oh, that's right. Next Thursday, date day show. Thank you so much for the reminder. Uh, all the Sweet Summer Devotion speakers this past summer will be here to answer some questions. Maybe they'll even have one or two for you, Pastor Ron. Like, why did you let her pick me? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. You know. She, uh. She prayed and asked God, and he, he chose you. And I think each one of them is um, grateful that they had the opportunity to share about their faithful God, their faithful Father, their faithful they, they, friends. They've learned something a little bit more about his faithfulness, haven't they? Yep. Hey, thanks for being here, as always. May the Lord bless you and keep you. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.